Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. This episode brought to you by Rumple, the ultimate sales management app for the broadcast industry. Learn more at MomentumMediaNetworks.com. Radio Player Canada celebrates its second anniversary this month of streaming Canadian radio stations to millions of listeners each week. On this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, our publisher, Sean Smith, in conversation with Michael Hill, Managing Director of Radio Player Worldwide, on the rise of radio streaming, the future of the in-dash radio experience, and the challenges of smart speaker adoption. When we first started out, um, the promise, I guess, was collaborating on technology and competing on content. And we took our cue from the UK and Radio Player UK. Um, How do you think we're measuring up uh, in realizing that goal in Canada? Well, you have been exemplary in terms of how you've done your uh, marketing of Radio Player. Um, I see loads of uh, tweets all the time, um, mentions for Radio Player Canada coming from radio stations, and they sound very natural. They sound very kind of unforced as if it's all part of the uh, environment there already. And in fact, you know, I know you guys have um, been in Radio Player for two years. There are some countries that have been with us for longer that still struggle to get the radio stations to kind of prompt their listeners that, that, that Radio Player is one of the options. It is only one of the options. Obviously, there are station apps and group apps, which are great as well. But um you know, I think you guys are doing a fantastic job of that kind of B2C communication, getting people aware of Radio Player. And I also see tweets from listeners, loads of tweets from listeners in Canada um, saying to each other, I found this great app called Radio Player and I'm listening on that. Try it. And that's always a really good sign of health, I think, in a Radio Player market. I think the numbers would bear you out on that, Michael. Now, let's talk about Radio Player um, worldwide for a moment, because the beauty, I, to me anyway, is it's not just Radio Player Canada, but we're tapping into a group that's been there, done that, and now using the collective might of the radio industry around the globe to kind of band together to create something where the sum is greater than uh, all the parts. So can you give me sort of an idea of what's happening at Radio Player Worldwide? You talk about all these other countries. Um, What's the big sort of vision in a nutshell for us here in Canada? So you guys in Canada are um, very typical of um, Radio Player countries in that you've started uh, by launching the apps and the web players. Um, You've got a couple of kind of smart integrations with Alexa and smart TV stuff. So, but they are basically what I'd call B2C products. They are customer facing uh, players Um, and they're important. They're very important. They are often the first thing that a country's broadcasters will see um, and, and want from radio player because they want to do that aggregation piece. They want to do that user experience piece and sort out um, getting all their stations under one umbrella. But what follows on from that is more exciting in many ways, and that is the B2B activities that we can undertake when we have all the metadata from a country, all the information about your radio stations in one place. How many car companies can we talk to about the future of radio? How many technology and smart speaker platforms can we talk to about the future of radio? So that's the B2B activity 
that we're undertaking here at Radio Player Towers in London <laughs> on behalf of all the um, Radio Player countries. And that, to be honest, that is the growth area for us. And I think that is the real long-term value behind the Radio Player model. You know, about 10 years ago, we were still, as an industry, debating whether or not the radio station should be streamed on the internet. My health how far we've come yeah um i mean luckily that sort of that battle is won it's uh just another distribution platform like am fm hd is just something you've got to be on uh and in every country where there is radio player we're seeing a positive kind of rise in the uh number of streamed hours going out but um you know streaming uh over the internet is is only one part of it for me I believe firmly in, um, certainly for the medium term, a hybrid future, which means the best things about broadcast radio working alongside the best things about the internet. And a car is a great example of where that's important. When you're driving around in a car, your connectivity is coming and going all the time. You know, even in a country with um, great mobile data coverage, you cannot stream a radio station for more than 10 or 15 minutes um, but without it dropping out a few times. Now, also, that costs the user quite a lot of money, and it costs the broadcaster quite a lot of money, because for every one-to-one -one stream that you serve as a broadcaster, you know, that's costing you data charges um, to actually send that data out over the Internet. Uh, so broadcast, whether it's AM, FM, HD, or digital radio in, the, in Europe, is a really good way of getting a signal from a stick on a hill to a million cars at no additional cost. So we think, you know, we've got to keep that technology in the dash, but it shouldn't look as old fashioned as it does. Just because it's broadcast, even if it's FM, it shouldn't look like it's out of the 1950s. Mm -hmm. So the main thing we're doing at the moment is we're approaching car companies to say, yes, keep the broadcast tuners in your dashboard, but let's work on the interface and let's bring in logos over the internet and let's bring in podcasts and catch up over the internet and let's add voice control over the top. So and there's some really exciting work being done with car companies at the moment. Um, we've only really just started on that. We're just scratching the surface, but they really want our help to make better radios. And, you know, our early partnership with Audi has shown us that that is possible. Audi was our first big partnership. Um, the, the, they launched it with the A8, which is a beautiful high-end car. But it's now going right down through the Audi group. So it went to uh, the Q7. It's gone to, into the VW Touareg. So it's bridged over into VW now. And it's also in the Audi e-tron, which is the uh, latest um, car that Audi have launched, an all-electric version. So, you know, they they really believe in hybrid radio and it is a beautiful radio experience. It is it is how radio should be a single A to Z list of all the stations. Um, the user doesn't have to think about the platform, whether it's FM, AM, Internet, HD. They just select the content. Uh, so each uh, radio station's got a beautiful, bright official logo right next to it. It's got now playing information on the screen. Um, you tap it, it just plays on the most appropriate platform. So if the FM signal is great, it uses that. If it can't find a U on FM, it streams. But it doesn't make a fuss. It doesn't ask you whether it should. It just does it. It just brings you the content you want 
in a really easy way. And that, that is taking Europe by storm, frankly, as a hybrid radio model. Or as soon as we launched that with Audi, we helped them. It, we worked in partnership with Audi to send them radio player data to power that experience. And as soon as it started driving around on the roads here in Europe, we were getting calls from other car companies. Because, you, you know, you see this kind of first mover advantage for Audi. They've got definitely the best radio experience in the world now. And everyone else wants to go up to that level. They can see what hybrid radio really means. So that I think that was a real moment last year. And I think we'll see other car companies bringing great hybrid radio experiences into their dashboards powered by radio player as well. Car companies are definitely waking up to the possibilities of partnering with radio player to get great radio interfaces into their cars for the next 10 years. And they're also looking for leadership from our space, I think, where there probably previously hasn't been much in their eyes. Yep. And let's face it, the people that are at uh, automobile companies are not our grandpa's, you know, Chrysler, you know, people. I mean, these are these are young people who um, are looking for what is the modern value proposition of radio, right? Um, because yeah. they don't remember the olden days. That's true. And I, I actually, one of the worrying things I've noticed recently that we're trying to put straight is when I go and see a car company, often there are the old school kind of guys who used to do all the tuners and the antennas on the roof and, and you know, the kind of soldering iron guys who get radio and get how it should be broadcast into cars and was always broadcast into cars. Then down the corridor or possibly over across town or maybe even in another country, there is the team that is working on the touchscreen apps, voice control stuff, which increasingly is taking over the dashboard. Mm -hmm. Now, those guys are the people, the designers, uh, the digital designers who are leading the future of the dashboard. And in many cases, they're 20-somethings who don't listen to much radio. So sometimes we have to remind them how important radio is to their drivers. That's often our first job. So we show them the research that we've done about you know 82 percent of drivers saying they would never consider buying a car without a radio 84 percent of people saying they always or mostly listen to the radio on every journey that's why we went out and got these data points to take to the car companies to show to the 20-somethings who are building the digital dashboards how important radio is so that's the first thing we've got to do is win that argument then once they realize it we need to get them to build better radio interfaces and not just park us off on the third menu down under the media button um, where increasingly we are being parked. But actually, because radio is so important to people, putting us on the top level and keeping that radio button in the dash, that is the second big battle that we have to fight. And then the third one is making the radio look and sound better. Um, so there's an awful lot to do here, but we're passionately doing it. It's interesting. You uh, you've got a tall order. You've got to be a global consortium of broadcast partners. You've got to operate as a tech company, and you've got to be um, an advocacy group all in one. Yeah, and each of those things has to be firing on all cylinders for us to do our job properly. But you know, sometimes I have sleepless nights about this stuff. But then I wake up and I see an email from a massive car company saying, "Come and do a workshop with all our." joint team and i think okay we must be doing something here we must be hitting home at the car companies we're solving technical problems for them they want to make their radios look better they want to put station logos on the screen in many cases they just don't know how to 
So what we what we do is we go and we say, look, this is how to do it. Here's a feed of the data from the radio player stations. So every station in Radio Player Canada who is putting their logos into the apps and putting their streams into the apps, that data also goes to Audi and other car companies to make car radios look better. It's a byproduct of the work that you guys have done to collect all that data in one place. And suddenly the car companies, their eyes light up. They go, wow, there is a reliable place where I can get the logos for all these radio stations and they're all going to be the right size and the streams are all going to play properly. And I could put that into my next dashboard. And that's what we're working on right now. Well, there's one thing for sure at the car companies, they are car people and they're tech people, but they're not content people and they're not broadcasters and media people. And uh, I think you're right. If, if we can bring to them uh, all of those aggregated pieces and then, you know, be able to do it for Canada, be able to do it for the UK, be able to do it for Germany and all over the world. What a powerful um, option you bring to the table. Yeah, and no one's ever really tried this before. You know, um, there are there have been kind of sporadic um, launches of of standards like Radio DNS, for example, which was mm -hmm. an important hybrid radio standard that launched uh, nearly ten years ago now. But the uh, it's been challenged that standard by not having that much sort of content in it. Some broadcasters were a bit reluctant to put their streams, for example, in the open uh, on the internet uh, because they thought it could be. You know, those streams could then easily be stolen by other commercial aggregators and abused. So Radio DNS, fantastic standard, but it needed a bit of intervention. There was a chicken and egg problem. You know, car companies weren't building great radio experiences into the dashboard because the data wasn't available. And broadcasters weren't making the data available because they couldn't see any cars with great radio experiences. So there was a kind of um, chicken and egg situation here. And as radio player, about two years ago, 18 months ago, we thought, okay, we need to intervene. We have to act. It's not, it's not enough just to have a global standard for something and wait for the broadcasters to populate it. We need to actively put our data into that place. So that's what we've decided to do, and it's really yielding results now. Talk to me a little bit about um, just a couple of the initiatives you're working on. Smart, smart speakers. How, how is it coming together with smart speakers? Wow. So that is definitely the most challenging part of all our B2B conversations. You know, I thought car companies were the most challenging. They aren't because we're having we're now kind of un, we've unblocked the conversations with car companies. We're actually having a lot of making a lot of progress with car companies. Google and Amazon um, are proving to be really tough customers in terms of influencing them in favor of radio, which is really weird because survey after survey shows that the thing most people do on these devices is listen to the radio. They're absolutely brilliant devices for live radio. So you'd think that Google and Amazon would have their ears wide open when it came to the radio industry. Unfortunately, we found that not to be the case. Amazon do listen. We have a very healthy relationship with them in the UK. They invited us onto the platform first, in fact, before they launched here in the UK. They said, asked us to build a skill, a radio skill, and we did, and it now is a very advanced skill um, and still gets a lot of users. So I think that, you know, there is a slight difference between Amazon and Google, but we found it very difficult to help them find a way of radio stations offering their streams in the way they want to. So, for example, there are commercial aggregators in the world uh, who these platforms turn to first in order to 
do an integration with radio because why wouldn't you it seems like a an easy win to have a hundred thousand streams from around the world and we'll just rely on that but in most cases the radio broadcasters who pay for the content to be produced don't forget don't actually want their streams to be served through those third parties because those third parties are making money off that mm-hmm. and not returning that money to the broadcasters so We've been talking very patiently to Google and Amazon about offering a way for maybe the user, the listener, to specify which radio service they would like to serve their streams through. So, for example, if you buy um, a Google Home device or you buy an Amazon Echo, when you set up your music streaming, it asks you whether you want to use Spotify or you want to use Google Play or something else. We don't see why that couldn't happen for radio. You know, they Mm -hmm. they could say, would you like to use radio player as your default radio provider? Whenever we've had meetings about this, they we can see that they understand what we're saying. And in fact, in most cases, agree with what we're saying. But it just seems like um, we're hitting a block in terms of action. They are reliant. They are, in my case, in my view, too reliant on these big commercial aggregators solving this problem for them. And actually, they need to get closer to the radio stations, the radio groups, and the broadcaster-owned radio aggregators like Radio Player, who are trying to do the right thing by the radio industry. And we need to work this out together so that when a user asks for Station X, Station X is not automatically served through a commercial aggregator. It could be served through Station X's own integration or through Radio Player. That, that's what we're aiming for, is making it either the user's choice or the station's choice how that content is served. That's outstanding. You know, in marketing, we have uh, the old adage that, um, you know, just when you're getting tired of the message, the audience is just starting to glom onto it. Uh, yeah. And I think that's the case, you know, when we have... Uh, uh, program directors and, and station managers all across the country who hear uh, radio player every uh, 15 minutes on the radio station, they wonder what, what the end game is. Well, it's uh, the end game is awareness within you know the listenership. It's uh, recall and all those things, but it also has a cumulative effect out in the greater marketplace. And at some point, it, it helps radio player achieve a critical mass of awareness uh, in the world, which then it becomes a tipping point for all these conversations you're having. So I think that everyone is doing their part. And at some point, we will reach that magic moment where um, the breakthroughs happen. And you're already seeing that. And uh, my my, um, counsel is always to the station, hang in there. Um, we can be even more creative about how we we get this message out, but it is having an effect and it will take the industry to places that we we've never been. Yeah. And I think this is it's interesting how the the B2C stuff uh, like the apps and the web players kind of has a relationship with the B2B stuff, because if I go to a car company and I have what's effectively a B2B conversation with them about um getting better helping helping them get better radios into their cars it really helps if they have used the radio player app before heard of the radio player being promoted on their favorite radio station you know if they know us already from that thing they use on their phone then that's half the battle because it's about trust and awareness so i totally agree with you getting that um getting the brand out there getting to that those b2 
B2C products used, the apps and the web players used as much as they, they are obviously being used in Canada, really helps then when you're sitting down with Amazon in Canada or Google in Canada or you know um, a telecoms provider in Canada and talking about a B2B relationship as well. We truly are living in the future we always dreamed about, aren't we? Well, yeah, we, I, don't, I think we have those dreams about the future. We don't really experience the pain and the hard work that it's going to take to get there. <laughs> it's so true. Those dreams are just about the end result, right? Yeah. And what we're doing now, what we're doing now is the hard yards to to get us to that end result. But I've seen enough to know that that end result is perfectly possible. So yeah, I'm really chuffed with where we're going. How are things going uh with the world domination uh, of Radio Player in terms of new markets? <laughs> well, so we're in nine countries now and uh I won't list them because I always forget one and insult them. So uh <laughs> we're we're in nine countries now, the biggest of which are Canada, UK and Germany. Yeah. Um it's fair to say that our center of gravity is European. Uh, this thing came out of an idea in, in the UK, and it's spread to more countries in Europe than elsewhere in the world. Um, that said, we do get constant inquiries from all over the world. Uh, interestingly as well, we'll be at the NAB show in Las Vegas doing our first kind of forays into demonstrating great hybrid radio experiences in America. So I hope that some of your colleagues from across the Canadian radio industry will be able to see us there. And uh, we'll be demonstrating, along with Audi, we'll be demonstrating, you know, what does a hybrid radio experience really mean in the car? So, yes, we are talking to a lot of countries outside Europe, but really the main growth is in Europe. And I think you'll see in 2019, you will see us um, grow faster, launch more countries into Radio Player than you may have seen in the last three or four years put together. Because this is going to be, people are now waking up to the work that we're doing in cars, the work we're doing in smart speakers, and they really want to help. They want to put their broadcasters kind of oomph, their broadcasters weight behind what we're trying to do, because there's nothing else that's comparable. You know, they know they've got to do something. Um, they don't really know what to do. And now they can see that Radio Play has been around for long enough and is well resourced enough to really make a difference. So they're deciding in countries I can't really name yet because we're still in negotiations with them about things like launch dates. But you will see over the next few weeks announcements that broadcasters in mostly European countries are joining the radio player family in 2019 and helping us with all the things we've just discussed. That's uh, outstanding, Michael. And uh, let me be the first to uh, invite you to the Great Canadian Suite, uh, Monday evening, April 8th in Las Vegas, where you can meet and mingle with the Canadian industry. There are lots of station managers, engineers, digital people uh, who will be at the Flamingo Las Vegas. You'll get your invitation. And if we can't see you there, we will see you on the convention floor. Fantastic. I don't know who's going to be going from the radio player office yet, but uh, one of us will certainly be there uh, to raise a glass to collaboration. Fantastic. Michael, thank you so much for your leadership on behalf of everybody at Radio Player Canada. Thank you for your advocacy for the industry. Uh, we're full in partners and we look forward to working with you for many, many years to come. Thank you. We're, we're really, really grateful for that support. Michael Hill is Managing Director of Radio Player Worldwide in London. I'm Sean Smith. 
Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.